Welcome to Politics Done Right. She is the youngest person in the United States to run a state party. She is a Gen Z, the generation that knows what they want and will change the country if we leave it whole enough for positive change. Welcome to Politics Done Right, Ms. Anderson Clayton, Chairman of the North Carolina Democratic Party. How are you doing today? I'm well. Thank you so much for um, having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. Well, let me ask you this. First of all, and, and please, uh, I, this is nothing about being ages. How does a 25-year-old become the chairperson of the entire state of North Carolina, the Democratic Party of that, that state? How did that happen? Some really good organizing. Um, <laughs> well, there is a, a group called the State Executive Committee that's in every single state. And it is what the party chair is elected by from the Democratic Party. And so we had an amazing team of organizers who are all below the age of 30 across North Carolina who got active and uh, came together to really put forward a new ver new vision, a new version of what we wanted to see our party look like, which was one that was um, more inclusive, more holistic, organized across 100 counties and really saw everyone as worth talking to and every vote worth fighting for. Now, I, I love that you said that every vote worth fighting for. As it turns out, in your Twitter, on your Twitter header, you have the word pound rural in there. Hashtag rural. And that is something that I've been speaking about for quite some time now. You don't cede any votes to anybody. And if if we could somehow get the older generations to understand that you don't do that, you fight for every vote, that would be, it would make a difference. So why don't you first elaborate on where did you come about saying we need to take the rural folks seriously? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm born and raised in Person County, North Carolina. So it's a county that's around 40,000 people-ish, and it's right near the Virginia border. And it just, it was a county my entire life I spent running, I spent it running from, right? I thought that I had to get out of Person County, I had to get out of Roxborough to ever really make something of my life. And I was told myself that growing up there, or told that growing up there a lot, right? And I think that most rural folks, when you talk to them, would say the same thing, that the opportunities are not there, the jobs are not there, the way to stay in your home count in your hometown or home county is not there. So I went to school at Appalachian State University and I had the opportunity to, you know, before I became Anderson Clayton in politics, I want to be the next Anderson Cooper, honestly. And so wanted to go into journalism first. And well, 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 time out. Let me just tell you, you have the disposition to do that right now. But right now we need to be in politics, girl. <laughs> well, I'll be honest with you. I, I always dreamed of doing it a, diff a different way, but I realized I had a hard time just like telling stories rather than actually speaking on them sometimes and being in rooms where, you know, you couldn't give an opinion versus you were just trying to write one down or trying to write the story. I figured I couldn't do that anymore. I actually want to be talking about the issues that I was passionate about. And so um, I went to work for Kamala Harris's race, actually, when she was uh, running for president in Iowa in 2019. And her campaign dropped me in a little tiny town called Bell Plain, Iowa, in Benton County. And I sat there and I was like, there are no Democrats here. I do not know why I got dropped here by this presidential campaign. What on earth are they doing? And slowly but surely, I started to find and source Democrats that were passionate about seeing the first Black woman president of the United States. And I, I started to realize, oh my God, if these people are here in Benton County, what could be and exist in North Carolina? And so I, I found my way back home um, after I'd been on national campaigns for a while in 2021 
and I became chair of the Person County Democratic Party in my hometown for the first time. And I just started organizing. And I said, you know, I don't care if I never win an election here in rural North Carolina, but I want to give people somebody else to vote for and something to vote for. And um, we ran three really amazing uh, Black Democrats for the Roxburgh City Council in 2021. And we knocked 600 doors three times. And we ran slate cards for the first time. And we got uh, the first ever Black majority city council that Roxborough had ever seen in its history. And it was a, an amazing opportunity, but it was something that I realized, you know, this should have happened all along. This should have been happening all along. And in the South where, you know, you have really diverse rural communities that no one is tapping into because we've dubbed these places Trump country for the longest time or that they're Republican and that there's never worth an opportunity getting out to them. Person County proved that wrong for me. And it was something where we have an opportunity across North Carolina to do that, but also across our country and, and especially the deep South to do that too to activate black and brown populations that just don't know our party is really speaking to them right now. What is interesting is you said something that was so important and I don't even know if you, you just ran through it and I don't even know if you see or you heard what you said. When you talk about, you like to speak in stories, you know, it is so important that people don't speak in policy. People listen in stories. They like to know that they can instantiate something within themselves from some story that they've heard. and that. We always talk policy creates a problem. And I love that you spoke about you want to, you know, I don't know how to write this down or whatever, but I wanted to talk to the people. That's all they're asking for. And that is what the other side has perfected so well. So tell us a little bit about how did you decide that I am going to do that? I'm going to pick up that mantra and I'm going to start telling my story. I, I don't know. I think I've always known that I wanted to to get involved in some way and do something that was bigger than myself. My mom and my my grandma were just really strong and vocal advocates for women's rights when I was growing up. But my grandma was somebody that in a rural county, you know, you only knew one Molly Breeze and she yeah. was the person that everybody went to for help, you know, and, and when she, she passed away, unfortunately, four years ago. And but people, when they came to her funeral, they just looked at me and they said, you know, Molly Breeze was, was the person that gave me my first job. She was the person that gave me the first opportunity for me to do something. She gave me the last five dollars that she had one time. And when I think about what a Democratic Party should be, I think about that. And so I've always and I think anybody in a rural area would say they grew up knowing that they they wanted to help people and that they always would. And so to me, organizing kind of became second nature. But when I was uh, going into college for the first time in 2016, um, Republicans across North Carolina were looking at how do they disenfranchise college students the most? And they tried to take away voting sites across every college campus throughout the uh, UNC system and within our state. And I was at school at Appalachian State University, as I said earlier, and the Watauga County Democratic Party was like, no, the hell you're not. Y'all are not going to take away student voting rights because we know that when students vote and they get organized and we and they get active, right, we win elections. And so the Wachaga County Democratic Party sued the state board of elections in 2016 in order to keep up a lawsuit that they had going from 2014. And they they kept that voting site, that early voting site on campus. And when North Carolina went red in 2016 for Trump, Watauga County went blue. And this is a county in Western North Carolina in the mountains that everybody always depicts as like, oh, you can't go out there. You can't organize out there for Democrats, right? And they did. And I got involved with that. And it was the first time I had ever really felt like a small group of people coming together and doing something could really make an impact. And I, do, I don't know. It was kind of like that was my only win in politics for a really long time. Because like I said, I worked for Kamala Harris's presidential race, which didn't work out that well. And then I worked in eastern Kentucky for Amy McGrath. And 
And until I came back home to Roxborough, it was the first election and the only election that I'd won since, but it's what kept me going, you know? And I think that that's something for every bit of young people to, to think about right now is that we've got to keep going and we've got to keep pushing and making our communities better. Anderson, you have to put the effort in. You, you can't, you can't, leg- you, you can't, you, you can't just throw out some media out there, hope they listen to it. You have to go there and touch them flesh and blood. You got to be out there doing what needs to be done. And that's why you are the chair of the uh, Democratic Party in the entire state of North Carolina, because that is a sort of affirmation that people need to hear. Now, interestingly, when people talk about rural areas um, and, and we talk about speaking in stories, you go into a lot of these areas, hospitals are closing. Whose policies will reopen these hospitals, Miss Clayton? <laughs> uh, Democrats. And I think that the thing that I keep trying to tell folks is that rural communities right now, the amazing money that we're getting from the American Rescue Plan and the bipartisan infrastructure bill, it's historic. And it is for a lot of different reasons. But when you're looking at rural North Carolina, rural America in general right now, getting this money for the first time, it's the first time in 50 years a federal administration has looked at a place like Person County and said, hey, y'all are worth investing in and your future is worth having 50 years from now. And we're going to give you the money to decide what that can look like and what can propel it forward. And we need people in those communities to be getting to city council meetings and county commissioner meetings and honestly holding out their hands and going, where's my money? (laughs) Where's my democratic money that's coming down from the federal government right now? Because they're trying to bring our community back from the pandemic. They're trying to bring our economies back here. And with Joe Biden and the uh, Harris administration, honestly, investing in manufacturing and bringing it back to being made in America again, right? North Carolina in 2007, when we had NAFTA passing and in every situation like rural manufacturing closing, there was a a huge decline in jobs and economic opportunity for families that existed all over rural North Carolina and rural America in general for that matter too. But, and, and I just think like Joe Biden's administration is saying, no, we shouldn't have done that. You know what I mean? We shouldn't have made it so that we destroyed economies with that. We should have made it so that there was always a revitalization turn point for for rural places. And it's just a neat opportunity right now to be able to say that. And so everywhere I go, I'm trying to tell people, Joe Biden believes in your future. Like, that's why we need him to be president. You know, it's interesting because um, uh, wherever, if you cause disruption in some particular economy, the, the, if the government created treaties to create disruptions, it's the responsibility of the government to mitigate what it created, right? Mm-hmm. And that is what was missing from NAFTA. I, I, I don't know if you get into this, but one of, one of the great parts of the Medicare for All plans that we have wanting to give everybody health care is as we displace insurance agents, as we displace all these other forms that jobs that would be lost with, with, with having a efficient, coherent system, there are ways to mitigate for that. In other words, it's not one for the other. Why is it that we don't have Democrats out there selling, not selling, telling that story the way you are able to go out there and tell the story city by city, town by town, uh, community by community? I trust that that is what you intend on doing and building back the North Carolina, the Democratic Party in North Carolina. Yeah, I mean, I think that 
our party, when you look at, and I use Barack Obama a lot as an example, because I think that was really the last time that the Democratic Party actually did sort of a mobilization drive to get people back involved with our party, right? Like his his campaign was energizing. It brought folks out from every walk of life to get involved. And we really haven't seen that type of energy since in our party. And I think we have to question why that is. And, you know, Barack Obama's campaign did what no other one has done. And I feel like they had somebody everywhere. They organized everywhere. They had somebody everywhere you turn with a clipboard that said, are you getting registered? Like, are you registered to vote right now? Because we want you to be involved with this process. So we have to call more people into what we're doing. We have to train more people about how to talk about these things. Because I also think that, you know, right now folks don't know. And and I had someone the other day that came into my office and they were asking me, they said, Anderson, you know, I can't get Joe Biden's $35 a month insulin. And you know, the one thing that stuck out to me is they said, oh my God, that man just called it Joe Biden's $35 a month insulin. That's amazing right there. But the second imagine thing- that. Yeah, imagine that, right? But like the second thing that he said though was also important is that he couldn't access it right now. And he didn't know what drug company he needed. It's like, and it's his, for his wife. His wife is on insulin and she's still paying- a month for it. And he said, you know, how do I, how do I go about accessing this? And so we were able to connect him with his democratic state legislators. We were able to say, you need to go back and ask your doctor. Are they actually using Eli Lilly, who is the one that's the Biden Harris administration partnered with to make this happen. But there's still some things around that, that I'm like, we need to be doing this. If that one person's got this question, there's a lot of other people that have to have this question too. Right. And right now we need to have the Democratic Party out there helping educate folks on how to access this and and really making it accessible for folks. It's the same way I feel about the affordable connectivity program, too, in that sense. Excellent. Let me let me let me give you a a quick answer about one thing as far as why didn't we continue with, let's say, uh, OFA, et cetera. Uh, People fear your vibrance, your activism, because if people realize that they're actually empowered, Many of those that are empowered that that want to ensure that you don't remain empowered, they know that power has to be shared. And mm-hmm. what you're promoting there is what a democratic party really should be about, and that is power sharing. Not only power sharing, but an equitable. Not not not. We, we're not looking for equal. We're we, we're not looking for everybody to be the same. We're looking for equal access to success. Equal access to success based on what you want. Now, uh, the last question I always ask is, what would you have liked me to ask you that for some reason I didn't? Oh gosh, I don't, I don't know. Um, oh, how you can get involved. That's my one field pitch always. If there's anybody from North Carolina or that knows somebody from North Carolina that might be listening to the show right now, um, ncdp.org is where you can find out how to get involved. We're doing a volunteer call on Monday at seven with attorney general Josh Stein to talk about where we go from here, because we just had a, um, abortion uh, veto override, unfortunately in our state that, uh, you know, brought into a 12-week abortion ban in North Carolina. And so we're organizing on that. And we're trying to make sure that folks are out there in their communities registering voters and talking to people about November in 2023 and 2024. Well, let me tell you, Ms. Anderson Clayton, knowing that uh, North Carolina's Democratic Party is in your hands, the hands of a young woman that seems to have immeasurable energy, I think, uh, I, I think only good things are going to be coming out in 2024 so you keep up the good works and uh uh, thank you for being here on on this very quick ask for an interview yeah no thank you for inviting me anytime happy to gab
we spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.